the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Happiness Through Hunger and Thirst. And this is the fourth message in the series on the Beatitudes I have entitled The Royal Road to Happiness. In this fourth Beatitude, found in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Jesus says, Blessed, or happy, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So the immediate question that comes to mind is, what does Jesus mean by the word righteousness? The word occurs five times in the Sermon on the Mount and two other times in Matthew, but does not um, appear any place else in the, in the Gospels. We could spend a lot of time going through these five uses of this, this word, but um, we do not uh, have the time or the opportunity to do so. So put simply, righteousness means being right with God or being in a right relationship with God. Jesus is saying that the blessed life is the life that is right with God. The soul has its hunger and thirst, desires that were built into human beings at creation. God has planted eternity in the, in the human heart, says Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3.11. And St. Augustine, the North African bishop and saint, 1,600 years ago wrote, O God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Everybody wants to be happy. That is the great motive behind every act and ambition. But the great tragedy is that most people never seem to find it. The present state of the world reminds us of that every day. People are seeking happiness through things like pleasure, performance, possessions. Even Christians can be guilty of looking for happiness in the wrong places. Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a 
former medical doctor who became the pastor of Westminster Chapel in London, someone that I've I heard speak a number of times. But in his studies in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, there are large numbers of people in the Christian church who seem to spend the whole of their lives seeking something which they never find, seeking some kind of happiness and blessedness. They go around from meeting to meeting and seminar to seminar, and we could say church to church, always hoping they are going to get this wonderful thing, this experience that is going to fill them with joy and flood them with some ecstasy. End of quote. To be hungry for righteousness is to be hungry for God and thirst to conform to his will for our lives. But let us look for a moment at the ways people seek happiness. Number one, they seek happiness through pleasure. The world is full of people who hunger and thirst for pleasure. They put immense enthusiasm and boundless zeal into the pursuit of pleasure. How many times you have heard or we say, if I could just take a cruise, travel the world and retire in comfort, I'd be happy. But Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 8, no matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Most ads on television appeal to this hunger for happiness. Many people try anything to be happy. They will break the rules. They will get drunk. They will try one-night stands. But the pleasure don't last. And Hebrews chapter 11 and 25 gives us a good understanding of, of um, what uh, someone else did uh, in, in his life. It says, Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. That is in Egypt. The pleasures of sin only last a short time, and we all know that. We don't have to debate it. But secondly, people seek happiness through performance. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 22 and 23 says, So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. And then the verses before that, verses 20 and 22, Solomon says, So I came to regret that I had worked so hard. You work for something with all your wisdom, knowledge, and skill. And then you have to leave it all to someone who hasn't had to work for it. And that is something we need to, th we need to think about. 
is a people undergo years of strenuous labor and toil. They will brave tropic heat and arctic cold. They will even lay down their lives if only they may win for themselves a place in the Hall of Fame or the Guinness Book of World Records or have the recognition of their city, state, or nation. There is a myth which says success produces happiness, but that's not true. Many successful people are very unhappy on the inside because money and success cannot give you happiness. After the thrill of winning or the thrill of achieving fame, there comes that emptiness that something is missing. But thirdly, people seek happiness through possessions. The world is full of people who hunger and thirst after wealth. The most striking feature of our present-day society is the struggle for possessions and the race for wealth. Greed and the desire to get rich are the root of the crypto disaster and the financial problems being reported on daily, even the bank failures. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 6, it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. <laughs> that's, that's futility at its, at its best. Both hands trying to catch the wind. The poor says, when I get enough money, then all my problems will be solved. The rich know that it is not true. Yet men and women put vast energy and boundless enthusiasm into the pursuit of wealth. But genuine happiness is not to be found in pleasure, in performance, or possessions. So the question is, how can we experience true happiness? Psalm 37 and verse 4 says, Seek your happiness in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. So don't seek happiness. Let me say, don't seek happiness. Seek God. Because happiness is the byproduct of seeking God. If you make happiness your, your goal in life, you are going to miss it. To find happiness, you need to do at least three things. One, recognize your real hunger. Recognize your real hunger. A lot of people really don't know what they want in life. The Bible says we are spiritual beings, and God wants us to love him and to know him and to be loved by him. And nothing will take the place of that. There is no substitute. Our real hunger is for God. How does God give us a hunger for himself? Addressing the Israelites, Moses told 
them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 2 and 3. He says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 43 years, or these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna of food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Or the... See, God let the Israelites go hungry so that they would recognize their need for him and depend on him. God allows problems in our, in our life to get our attention, to see that we really need him. And he used a variety of circumstances. He gets our attention and says, what you want is not pleasure, not performance, not possessions. It's me. I made you with a God-shaped vacuum, and I want to meet that need. God wants us to recognize that our real hunger is to know him and to have a relationship with him. But secondly, stop eating what I'd call junk food. Isaiah 55 and verse 2 says, Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. Isaiah is saying, quit looking for things in life that don't satisfy. Quit wasting your time and money on things of the world that don't satisfy. What you're looking for is God. And it is interesting to note that our appetites are influenced by our associations. If you hang out with people who like the world's junk food, such as drinking, partying, and the latest fads, that's what you are going to be into. If you want to have an appetite for godly things, get around people who have a godly appetite. It's contagious. Spiritual hunger is contagious. Our real hunger is not for things, not for the accumulation of stuff which we can't take with us. It is for God. There's a, a story that uh, is told of a young man uh, who went to Buddha and asked to be shown the path to salvation. And Buddha led him down to the river. It was bathing time, and the young man assumed he was to undergo the rite of purification. When there were some distance out in the water, Buddha suddenly grabbed the man and pushed his head under the water and held it there. Finally, in the last gasp, the man wrenched himself loose and his head came up. And quietly, Buddha asked him, when you thought you were drowning, what did you desire most? Air, the man said. And Buddha replied, when you want salvation as much as you wanted air, 
then you will get it. Like the starving man who craves food and drink, and the drowning man who gasps for air, so must we hunger and thirst for righteousness that is for our relationship with God. Why is it so few people have a desire for righteousness? Why is it that so few church members show any real interest in their spiritual life? Why is it that so few Christians this week will show any interest in the development of their relationship with Jesus Christ? One reason is sin which takes away our appetite for God and the things of God. Another reason is that we are so busy with the day-to-day affairs of life that we don't have time for God except to come to church for an hour or two on Sundays or to watch a live stream service. We have crowded God out of our lives and neglected our souls. To experience true happiness, we have to recognize our real hunger and stop eating junk food. And then number three, start looking to Christ for our happiness. John 6 and verse 35 says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, bread is the basic essential of life. We can live on bread and water for a long, long time. In a famine, the first thing they unload is flour to make bread. Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. What you really need to live is me. I can meet your need. I am all that you need. Answering the question of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, 13 and 14, Jesus said, Those who drink the water will get thirsty again, or this water will get thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become become in them a spring which will provide them with life-giving water and give them eternal life. So what is more essential than food? You can go several weeks without food, but you can't go more than three or four days without water. Because every cell in your body needs water to survive. You can't survive without water. Jesus is saying, you need me to survive. I am the living water. I made you, and you can't make it without me. There are three stages we go through with respect to God. I want God in my life. I need God in my life. And I have to have God in my life because I can't make it without him. I want to know the answer to the basic questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? What's the purpose of life? What's going to happen in the future? You see, these are gut-level questions that 
are not satisfied by going to the movies, getting stoned with alcohol or drugs, or getting fame or wealth. They create a hunger to know God. God gave us a physical appetite to fulfill our our physical needs, and he gave us a spiritual appetite to get to know him. Only Jesus can satisfy that hunger. Only Jesus can provide real happiness in our lives. Money can't. Having a nice home can't. Having all the stuff we, we surround ourselves with can't. Being famous, being powerful, having all the pleasures the world can offer cannot produce the happiness we were created to experience. As I said before, there's a God-shaped vacuum in all of us, and only God can fill it. Jesus said, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Our hunger for happiness is met in knowing God and developing a relationship with him and finding out the purpose for which we were put here on earth. As we seek God, we are guaranteed to find happiness. He will not turn us down. If you are a Christian, let me ask you a few questions. How is your spiritual appetite? Do you hunger and thirst for the things of God? Do you really want to experience the power and love of God in all its fullness? Or is God just a convenience for you? The fact is you are as close to God as you want to be. If you are not close to God, it is not God's fault. It is not your spouse's fault. It is not your children's fault. It is nobody else's fault but yours. You are as close to God as you want to be because God always works in our lives according to our desires. And so Jesus said, blessed are happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It is amazing how so many Christians have a take-or-leave-it attitude toward their spiritual life. They want God when it is convenient, or when they are up against circumstances over which they have no control, such as when they have an illness, or when they have a tragic accident, then they begin to call on God. When everything is going well, they don't think about God then. Someone listening to me might be saying, I used to have a hunger for God. I remember when I first became a Christian, I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I read it daily and loved it. You couldn't keep me away from fellow Christians. I wanted to be at church all the time. I had a hunger, but I don't have it anymore. If you have lost your hunger for God, recommit your life to him today. Ask God to forgive you for seeking happiness in the things the world has to offer. Tell him you want him to be the center of your life once again. And as you begin to hunger and thirst for God once more, he will fill you with his fullness 
sustain you with his power, assure you of his love, bless you with his peace, instruct you with his wisdom, embrace you with his mercy, delight you with his goodness, and amaze you with his grace. He will comfort you in times of sorrow, strengthen you in times of weakness, protect you in times of danger, heal you in times of illness, and forgive you in times of failure. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Thou my everlasting portion, more than friend or life to me, all along my pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with thee. Close to thee, close to thee, close to thee, close to thee, all along my pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with thee. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.